0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sales Masters Podcast. This is going to be the hub for any professional out there who's looking to get to that next level within their business. Not only are they going to be dropping tips, but bringing in the absolute titans of industry. Big names out there like the people, like David Meltzer, leaders of their industry. We're going to share with you exactly how they got there, the problems they faced, how they overcome it, so you can use them within your business. We're going to be dropping weekly gems that you can go off to help you get up to that next level, and we look forward to having you here on the journey. Welcome to another episode of the Sales Masters Podcast, and today... We have a real treat, and we have the amazing Sean French. How are you doing, Sean?
1: I'm good, man. How are you doing?
0: Well, epic. Uh, We've just been having a great conversation. Do you know what I love about doing podcasts? Uh, You get to talk to people, and me and Sean recorded a podcast literally weeks ago, um, and it didn't edit right, so we're going through it again, and it's one of the blessings of doing this, because for me, it's a privilege having you on, Um, so we'll jump straight into it. But Sean, anyone who hasn't met Sean before, Sean was born and raised back in San Francisco Bay Area. Well, growing up, he fell in love with a game of basketball, took that love uh, way to earning opportunity to play on the American. Oh, my God. What is going on in my words today? This happened last it's time. Base- it's baseball. What did I say? Did I say
1: basketball? Again? You say basketball. I done that last time. You did last time. Baseball. Why did I say basketball two times? I don't know. I'm not sure. It's weird, isn't it? <laughs> right, let's...
0: right. Let's go again. Ready? Do it, baby. Hi and welcome to another episode of a Sales Masters podcast. And today we've got the amazing Sean French. How are we doing, Sean?
1: Yeah, man, I'm great. I'm happy to be here.
0: Now, for anyone who hasn't met Sean, (laughs) Sean is someone who is an absolute rock star from the amazing game of baseball, even though for many times I've said basketball. Raised up in the San Francisco Bay Area, uh, fell in love with the sport, and went all the way through to an athletic scholarship at LSU, uh, one of the American Premier College Basketball Pro.
1: Why God? Why is he saying basketball? You just gotta play with it. You just gotta let it. You gotta let it fly, man. You gotta just be like, oh my God, I did it again. Keep going. It you got you mad. this. Keep it- love de- mistakes. <laughs> They do love mistakes, but
0: in more I don't get how I've done it with the same person. I mean, it's, it's like I, it's it basketball. Is that basketball
1: is basketball big over there? No. It's <laughs> soccer, right?
0: I bet do you know what the funny thing is my kids play basketball and they're playing basketball later. So we're gonna say yeah, that. you guys have
1: Subliminal, man. All right, let's jump in. Oh shit, I love it.
0: Hi and welcome to another episode of the Sales Masters podcast and today we have the incredible Sean French with us. Hi Sean.
1: What's up big guy? Happy to be here man.
0: Thanks for being on. I really appreciate it. Me and Sean had a great conversation weeks ago and unfortunately because of editing problems I get the absolute privilege of having him back on. Um, Sean grew up over in the San Francisco Bay Area. I grew up and fell in love with a game of baseball. Went all the way through to an athletic scholarship at LSU Um Got a blood clot and the big reality took a drastic turn and changed his course of his life forever. Sean's purpose now in the world is to help people overcome their insecurities, their self-limiting belief as they create the life they desire. Thanks to his own journey, he's now showing people how to make more money, become leaders and social circles, maximize their relationships with their loved ones, which is good. Um, it's really good to get you on. I loved our conversation last time. And anyone who is listening now, you missed out. But I'm sure we're gonna cover a lot of the same stuff. So tell people a little bit more about what you've got going on. Tell us about Sean uh, and what you're doing with the Determined Society and everything else right now.
1: Yeah, man. So my podcast, The Determined Society, which you were on, right? It was amazing. Um, My listeners love that one. Uh, I think what they love most about it was just the just the raw authenticity between both of us and just yes. how you were giving strategy and just being who you were. And, uh, man, I love that episode It's one of my favorite ones actually. And, you know, to be here on your show, um, for the second try and I'll do this all the time. I don't, I don't care. You told me, you're like, Hey, we got to do this again because it didn't edit right. I'm like, fuck. Okay. I'm in, let's go. Um, I'm always guys, ladies and gentlemen, I'm always looking for another excuse to have 45 minutes with my boy, David. So, uh, no big deal. Um, kind of what I'm doing right now is I'm a performance and online marketer coach. So I help individuals make more money. All right. By taking what they're doing and understand how to market it out digitally, right. Uh, through, uh, creating, uh, funnels, uh, ad funnels, Writing books, uh getting impressed, but um the other side of my business is I'm a high level s- corporate sales individual, so I understand sales and sales process and really how to break things down on a very granular level, so I implement that into my marketing strategies, and I'm going to tell you my clients are going from you know you know four figures a month to five figures a month in no time because we are implementing actual strategies that can help them, not just these things of like uh you know hey the raw raw stuff like hey i need you to do x y and z on a day-to-day basis to grow your business and i i hate to say the word but micromanage it to a point where like are we doing these things and that's that's what i'm doing right now so it's it's been amazing and uh my clients are thriving and i'm happy to be just a small part of their journey
0: yeah and it's it's interesting you bring it up and i'm a big believer uh but affirmations and all that positive thinking is great But reaction is what matters. And I think, well, I know from myself and my years through being coached as well as coaching, having a coach, having a strategist, having a clear strategy that works is a cheat code. It gives Mm -hmm. you the ability to cut down the learning curve and get straight to what works. And I think the big difference is when you understand exactly what to do When to do it and how to do it, you execute at a higher level because you're cutting out the fluff. And from the baseball years, surely a lot of that training that you went into, that the discipline you must have had, must made it quite easy for transition into business world, right?
1: Yeah. So for me, um, you know, you want to talk about the the hack or the shortcut, right? The hack or the shortcuts, the work. I mean, let's be honest. If you're looking, you know, I, I I get all these inquiries of you know, how can I make the most money in 36 or 90 days? I'm just like, man, that's not the right question. It's like, you know, what can we do to build processes so that way I look at myself in 10 years and not even recognize my freaking life. Yes. That's the right question, right? Longevity. And, you know, with baseball to your, your to answer your question directly, does it help me out tremendously? You know, as a young kid and young athlete growing up, you know, you want to perform immediately, but you're only focused on where can I be? You know, when it comes time to, you know, senior signing day, mm. like what, where am I going to college and where am I playing? And that is a long play. And it starts when you're seven or eight years old, you fall in love with the game. You know, maybe it's you fall in love with business and entrepreneurship or whatever. And, you know, you look at things is like, okay, from that point on for the next 10 years, you're training. So, that t- so to me, when, it, when I hear now, 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 I'm like, it almost repulses me because it's like, what in the hell of any significance was built in 30, 60, 90 days? I mm-hmm. mean, if you go and build a car in 30, 60, 90 days, that shit's going to break. <laughs> I mean, same thing with your business, right? So for yeah. me, the transition was very easy for me. Everything has always been about a process. Don't get me wrong. Okay, now, uh, going through this process of building a business or even in a corporate sales environment, you know, if you're not having any, any success after 30, 60, 90 days, do you start to feel it a little bit? Absolutely, absolutely. Like you start to feel that anxiety of like, oh my God, I'm not selling anything. You know, like I got a target on my back, I'm gonna get fired. But what, what I feel is super helpful is turning the goal around, Right. Let's reverse engineer the goals here. Like the goal should not be the result. The goal should be the action. Yes. And if you can take that action every single day, then you're winning and you're successful every single day. And that's where that momentum is created. And then you look at yourself in 10 years and you're like, damn, like we did that in that short amount of time.
0: I was I was doing an Instagram live today. on, on, on the I missed that. I'm sorry. mate. It, 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 we're going to be out pretty much every day except tomorrow. And yeah. I was talking very similar about what you were saying. I said, if you get a, a football team or a baseball team, whatever sport, if you get the best team and they operate at the best level and they're doing the best day-to-day processes and delivery and performance on each step to the highest possible level and to a high standard, they can still lose a game. They can still lose two games. But the likelihood that their season's bad is pretty slim because over time, the incremental steps that you make make up for such a big difference. There was um, there's so many stories over the years that we hear on the changes. One of them was the uh, British cycling team. I don't think you've ever heard this story. They brought a coach in and they hadn't won anything. Like it literally been like 30 years.
1: We actually talked about this for the first is this time. we'll yeah, yeah. We Do it again though, because they yeah, yeah, yeah. this
0: is great. And so anyone listening into this, go and check it out. And we brought the coach in and all the stuff that they made a difference on. It come, the book I read it in was in the topic habits. So read that <laughs> by James Clear. And Great what we're book. talking about there is some of the stuff that they did from how they washed their hands and shaving grams off of the weight of each chain and all the aerodynamics and all the little things that made a difference. And those one per, the 1% incremental changes that were made had a dramatic overlay on top of each other, on top of each other, on top of each other, which turned the, the British cycle team to a world champion team repeatedly year in, year out for, for, for a long period. And it was the small incremental changes. But on their own, the way you wash your hands, I would love to have seen that first conversation with the cyclists. <laughs> Because they must have just been looking and going, you're mad. Yeah. And it's understanding that deeper level from where we're at as well, right? So talk mm. to us about, because I'm curious about this. When you're starting out playing baseball at seven, eight years old, is it very much drummed into you that everyone is aiming for the big leagues? Is it very much done where it's fun and just go and enjoy it? And then later down the line, they're talking to you about bigger goals. How does it work?
1: I love that question. Actually, it's, it's two different questions now. David, you know, there's two, there's two questions that need to be asked. If you're asking me what was like for me, it's yeah. going to be a completely different answer than what it's like today. So let me handle me specifically and what I, right? What I went through as a seven, eight-year-old. It was what I love to do. My uncle played baseball. My cousins played baseball. And it was just something that for me, when I went in between those lines, everything in the world was forgotten. Like, you know, and as I grew up, you know, um, I could have have trouble at home or a fight with my girlfriend, or my girlfriend dumps me. Once I get in between the lines, I didn't give a shit. Mm. That's my ultimate love affair, and yeah. even now, even now, um, God bless me. Is uh, if you put me on that baseball field, my family will feel like secondary. That is my love affair. That is my that is my mistress. That game mm. consumes me in a way of of something that um and i and i say that in maybe a negative connotation but like but the, the truth is it it fills my soul but it like, should right, love. right it i should. love that game you well, put me on a really baseball field i'm happy you put me on a baseball field i'm a happy little monkey dude like you can't like you can't you can't break me at that point um but to answer your so to answer your question directly like for me it was fun until you get to you know 13 years old it's still fun but then you're like realize like Hey, I'm pretty good. I may have a shot, uh, go, you know, playing, you know, pretty well in high school, and then hopefully get a college scholarship. Uh, but the way it is now, let, let's mm. let's cover that. The way it is now, it's like these eight year olds are playing, you know, year round baseball and throwing curveballs in the bullpen. Um, they shouldn't even be throwing a curveball until they're thirteen, but they're doing it at eight now because all this daddy ball and the way that the society tells you, you like. Hey, you got to be recruited early on when you're 12, you know, you need to be a dude. And so all these, you know, eight, nine-year-olds already have this pressure on them, man. Why yeah. do you think all these division one athletes are, are committing suicide now? Because it's starting at such a young age. Just because pressure it's is so much on them. Yeah, man. It's, it, to me, it's just like, you know, my son, he's eight. You know that. We've talked about this. My son's eight. And he's going on his third year of baseball. Do you know how many lessons I've gotten him? to learn how to hit or field. I'm hoping.
0: Okay, so. I'm, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, hoping. <laughs>
1: you know, and i No, get, And I get this conversation all the time, like, Coach, you're a coach. Shouldn't you want your kid to get lessons? Shouldn't you want your son playing spring and fall ball? I'm like, yeah, no, because I'm a real coach. That's why he's not. Like, he's going to mm. enjoy this game. And you know what? If, and the passion's got to
0: stay, right? Huh? And a lot of people get it drunk. They, they do so, I think sometimes mm-hmm. people do stuff so much at a young age but it becomes a bitter taste in their mouth and they don't want to do it.
1: Yeah. It's like, dude, we're like, like these kids, they want to go out and they want to have fun, play with their friends. You know, that's what my son to do. If he ends up loving it, you know, and, and being really good at it, which I think he will be. Mm. He, um, he, ha- he has more tools than me. He has better hand-eye coordination at my age. Um, he has, he can freaking fly. He can run. And, you know, he's got really good coordination. I didn't have that, right? I had something I had to really you know, grow into. So for me, it's just I wanted to have fun. And then if it turns into something cool, we'll deal with that down the road. But right now, man, you know, um, it's, it's two different answers. Yeah, as no, you can I, see, I'm passionate about it. That's what I uh, want
0: as well. I want, I want those. Uh, when people ask questions, sometimes people just ask leading questions to get the answers that they want. And that's not the mm-hmm. way I want to be. I want people to, to really open up and, and be true about what their journey's been, because mm-hmm. it makes us the person we are today. And if anyone's resonating with, with you or what you say, you want them to do that. I mean, do you do you think now that this is one of the big problems in sport and for, for kids in general, that they're getting pushed in? The expectation's so high from a younger age that it's like the roots being made up for them, I guess, as well. And you see that a lot, like, even in business. There's kids out there mm-hmm. now that would have done a YouTube channel two years 10 years ago for a bit mm. of fun yeah. and now the 16 year olds that are making 30 million a year and it's <laughs> other kids are really putting a, bit, a lot of judgment on themselves and I think that's going to hold some people back later in life because some people are going to get the success is going to elevate them forward and I think other people that could be great entrepreneurs or be great in business will have tried it when they were too young before they were developed enough in the skills mm. and it's going to hold them back what do you think
1: Oh, I, I think you're 100% correct. You know, I think that anything that you place an extraordinary, extraordinary amount of pressure and self-worth on something at such a young age, you know, that tank's going to get empty. It's going to run out sooner or later. Mm. And you're going to end up, you know, um, not loving that sport. And it could be a really sad thing because um, I know a lot of kids that were really good at a sport and decided, you know, when they got to high school, they weren't going to play it anymore because, you know, daddy pushed them too much. Yeah. Or mommy pushed them too they much. They do it and,
0: begrudgingly. And they just become. Yeah resentful
1: don't mind it's so funny because i've always i've always said this and you know i'll you know i'll 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 die by this and i tell my wife all the time it's like if my son decides to play baseball cool if he doesn't i don't really give a shit if he wants to just go fish well then we're going to make him the best fisherman possible and if he wants to compete we're going to do that or if he wants to you know do something else like we're going to we're going to raise kids that, you know, are controlling their own lives and, you know, doing what they want to do within, of course, um, the parameters. Right. Right. Like, I'm not going to. Hey, you don't want to do anything. Just go ahead and sit on your butt. Here's an Xbox. Go kill yeah. Your yeah. Butt. Yeah. Uh, that's not what I'm saying. But I just I, I feel like to your point and your question was uh, it could absolutely hinder you know, these children later on in life and into business too, because here's the, here's the thing that people aren't understanding about the human brain and psychology. When you wire a young person's brain, a young child's mm-hmm. brain, to give all they got, 100% all gas, no breaks to a sport, whether it's soccer, football, baseball, at such a young age, what do you think they're going to do when they get into business or their career? Everything else is going to suffer. Yes. And they're going to live and die on every single sales call, every single pitch every single everything to a point where somebody that could have this amazing business and could be the next freaking Tony Robbins may not even come to fruition because they're wired to burn out.
0: 100%, I agree. And I think it's interesting with that. And I think for, for so many areas, if I was put into business situations at a lot younger age than I was, I don't think I would have had the tenacity, the grit, the fortitude. I Maybe I would. But I also mm-hmm. don't think. that I would have. And I think things come at the right time. I mean, when you when you look now, when you're going into businesses, what are some of the the quick changes you often see in businesses from your experience that you see people are typically making as mistakes? Is there certain for areas that you're looking at when you go in?
1: Consistency and habits, man. I mean, that's really all it is. Like, you can take a high-performing sales professional or entrepreneur, and you can take a low-level performing sales professional, and entrepreneur, the skill set may be equal, right? yeah. but it's what that one person can do day in and day out repeatedly over and over and over again for, again, like I said, like a decade. That's the difference. So when I go and I do my, my coaching programs when I'm helping sales organizations, it's like, hey, what are the habits? What are we seeing here? You know, If I'm sitting there on a sales floor and I know it's power hour, they like to call it, which I don't like because who the fuck wants to do power hour, dude? Nobody, right? Um, but you know, if we label it as information seeking or you know or gathering information, it's a lot more fun. We have a time. And as kids, we like to be inquisitive and we're curious, but as adults, it's like sell, 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 sell. Mm. That's not what's going to make them any sales is is being inquisitive, being curious, right? But so when I look at it on a sales floor and I see you know um, people making dials but then i see one person with their email open i see one person kind of looking over and you know talking with somebody or doing the im their habits one are completely shattered right because they're not giving the respect to the activity that they're supposed to be doing at that moment yes. right the activity they're supposed to be doing at that moment is it should be uninterrupted right um but and then they also lack boundaries and that is the first thing that i look for because if you if you lack um operational cadence in your calendar and if you lack boundaries then you're not going to make any sales you're not going to grow your business and if you are someone trying to build an actual business for yourself it'll never it'll it'll never be built because the moment your text message goes off you're texting your friends or whatever and you're yes. completely lost on what you're doing so yeah i mean the long-winded answer but the, but the first thing i look for is like what are the habits you know are they are they relying on motivation to get the job done? Because if they are, and if they, if that, if that's, this is kind of, I'm, I'm laughing at this. If there's any sales, direct sales leaders listening, I'm sorry. Um, if that sales leader has to play a YouTube video on Monday morning to get his team fired up to go do their job and you got the wrong people in the freaking room.
0: 100%.
1: I just, I don't believe in motivation. I think it's garbage. Um, I think think motivation can be
0: good to get a spark going, but I don't think it's not not a reliable source to turn to all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's the same. I think for a lot of the time out there, people are quite spoiled now. And I think there's an entitlement that a lot of people have. Oh, I'm allowed to have this and I should be able to have that. And I can do this and I can do it my way. Mm -hmm. When actually there's a big difference between it all. If you're a maverick that's going out and you're going to live by the sword, die by the sword, I get it. But a lot of people aren't. And a lot of people are trying to do, I want to get these results, but I'm only prepared to do this. And I think that's one of the big problems that we see now in a lot of areas. And you're right. The habits are everything. And a lot of people want to decide what matters. And they want to decide what matters based on their own beliefs, not on the data of Mm -hmm. a success full sales environment yeah. or a, sale, a sales floor. So be, when you're getting people now and you're getting them and, and they're low and they're flat or they're ineffective, working inside of habits themselves, what's the typical area that you're, you're moving in? Do you jump straight into creating new habits? Do you go hard and rip the whole thing apart and get them moving? Do you start small with things?
1: I really kind of, yeah, I start small. I don't rip anything off. You know, I don't, I don't rip anything apart. You know, I ask them what their day-to-day looks like. I kind of see your calendar, what you know, um, you know, what do you have going on every day from eleven to eleven to twelve? Right? What does it look like for you? And and it starts first thing in the morning. You know, how are you treating yourself when you wake up? You know, for me and I know you, we like to get up and we like to move our bodies a little yes. bit. Right. It kind of gets everything going. Man, I, I tell you what, every time I'm in the gym, that's my that's my um moving mo- my moving um meditation. I am that's my creative time. And, you know, a lot of people aren't allowing themselves to get that. They're waking up in this beta state. They're showering and they're going to work. Yes. And like, they haven't even. And like,
0: almost um, uh, a machine like mentality.
1: Yeah. Like, okay, oop, do, do, this is what I have to go do. So to your point, I, I'd love to look at discipline first. You know, I think that's a big indicator. Right? I think the,
0: one of the big ones I like is uh if you can't beat your alarm clock up in the morning, how are you going to beat how are you going to like beat the problems in the day? And I think so many people oh, yeah the snooze button people can laugh about the snooze button as much as they want. But if you're not disciplined enough that the alarm goes off but you convince yourself that extra 5 minutes is going to make it, it shows you didn't get enough sleep the night before. It shows you mm-hmm. you're not focused on the day. It shows that you're not tight on your goals. And I think if you're finding yourself snoozing, that's because you are undisciplined and you, um, you're you not inspired for the life that you're building. And I think a lot of people that are in that way are in a place where they feel that life just happens to them and they mm. do the very bare minimum to get up. And I, I think it's an interesting one when we work with companies on their sales process and I, i'm not saying everyone's got to get up at four in the morning and go for a run but i think there's an interesting idea between what people do not that you've got to be fit there's people that can be great sales people that are overweight and lazy but mm-hmm. there's a drive that goes on with people right there's a level of commitment that people have to themselves and you might eat tons of crap but you have a stubbornness, you have a, a bloody mindedness to succeed. You mm-hmm. have the discipline and the persistence is needed to come out of these things, right? And you must see that across a lot of businesses, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, like, again, it all ties back to just like you're saying, like, you don't have to wake up at four, but like, if you just lean into something hard first thing in the morning, okay, for some people now, everybody likes to feel, when I say, hey, do the work, everybody feels like I'm talking about, moving their body or working out, it's not always that, you know, that, that could be something that somebody else can do at 7 PM and be perfectly functional throughout the day. That's not how I am. But for that, but that person, right. um, May benefit from waking up at five and reading 20 pages of a self-development book or, or an entrepreneurial book to help them with their craft. Right. You know, but they're not doing it. Right. So they're not leaning in because it's too hard and they want to sleep in. The bottom line is: is if we don't choose that hard thing first thing in the morning, the rest of our day is going to be blown up. Yes, you cannot you cannot expect to do and complete the hard things to satisfaction within your within your day of your business or or your career if you're not willing to wake up and do the hard things that are for you. They're connected. Yes.
0: I agree um, that the, one of the, the things I, I talk to a lot of people um, about is very, very similar. And I think for a lot of the time, people give up what they want for what they want right now. Um, and mm-hmm. they want the sleep right now. They want the uncomfortableness to go right now. And these gradual, as we said earlier, with the 1% incremental changes on the positive side from Atomic Habits, mm-hmm. but also happens on the negative, right? The 1% done this and then i didn't do this and then you don't do that and then you don't do this and then you break that habit and suddenly the new habit forms of being a person that doesn't commit or mm-hmm. they hide their actions and they lie about their actions because they're embarrassed to say what they've done and the more they do that the more they do it the more they do it and they just end up with a completely different life from what they would what they what they set out to be and i think a lot of the time the the small incremental changes that happen on a daily basis, people don't even notice them till six mm-hmm. months later when there's been about thirty, forty, fifty changes, right?
1: No, I mean that's a good point. And you know, the the whole this is this is a conversation of a difference between being interested and committed. Right. Yes. So here's a quick story. Last night, um I was up late last night, like later than I needed to be, and I was helping out a friend's son. He's going into a sales career wants to get into medical sales i'm trying to guide along in the process really doing you know a selfless act because i love the kid and i'm up late talking to probably until 10 30 i know my alarm clock goes off at four and then i realize like okay i'm underfed today i need to make sure i get one more meal in. i believe in 24 hour periods not timing of the meals like if I eat at 1030, I don't care as long as I get a certain amount of nutrients and yeah. macronutrients in a 24-hour period. Well, so I eat, and then I'm like, okay, now it's 1045, and then I got stuck on this Netflix show. And I'm going somewhere with this, okay? I'm in. I knew that I was faced with a, 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 you know, a decision at that point. Say, so, okay, Sean, if you choose to have some leisure time right now because you didn't have any today, you went hard from... From sunup to sundown, right? You can do this, but you're gonna be faced with this with this one thing in the morning. You're gonna be exhausted. And when that yeah. alarm clock goes off, you're not gonna to wanna to get up. So for the people listening, you have to be able to work through that before it happens. Yes. A lot of people just are reactionary, like you said. Yeah, yeah. 100. You know, no, percent We gotta be proactive in this. So I need I knew this morning I was gonna wake up and not want to get to the gym. I said, so what? We're going to get up and we're going to go anyway because we need to, right? It's, it's part of our non-negotiables. So when that alarm clock went off this morning, I'm like, F it, man. I do not want to do this. Like, I, I got to bed like at 1, maybe 12.31. It's not enough sleep. I said, but wait a second. I already worked through this. Yeah, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go. And I went. And it wasn't the best workout. But But again,
0: it's not always about doing the best workout, right? It's about walking out of that gym and that little feeling Mm -hmm. that goes into your soul that said, at least I came.
1: Yeah. Okay. You did the work. Like now now you build up that confidence and you build up that grit by doing the, by doing the damn job you said you're going to do.
0: Yeah. And I I think it's so interesting. I think so many people can learn from that as well, because it's the same as drinking. So I don't drink anymore. Mm -hmm. And someone said to me that hangovers is merely because you took happiness for today, yesterday. Which mm. I quite like, and I, I think sometimes yes, yeah, good right. Wow, so I, I think. Sometime, are you
1: even allowed to live in the UK if you don't drink? Do you <laughs> yeah, need to you come get here? thrown out. You get thrown yeah, out. Yeah, it's like. Um,
0: and so I, I think for a lot of instances, like we, if we're conscious of it and go, okay, cool, I'm going to stay up late tonight. I'm going to party. I'm going to do this, <laughs> but you say, no matter what happens tomorrow, that alarm goes off. I'm out of bed like a. Because some people are just like they what, go in the morning. Go, oh, why do I feel so rubbish? Yep. We don't even acknowledge the fact that you've only had three hours. We don't acknowledge the fact that you're tired, hungover. But when you go, do you know, if I even if I am hungover tomorrow, I'm out, I'm hitting it, I'm getting those deals, I'm going to get my day done, and I'm going to get it done mm-hmm. and finish early. Even if that's your thing, right? I'm going to get my target, I'm going to do this, I'm going to cram it into the day, and then I'm going to get back out there. And I just think so many people don't take that time to do it. Do you think there's a generational change with a lot of people or do you just think people in general have that mentality?
1: I don't know, man. You know, oh, I, I, think, I think I'm underqualified to talk about the generational challenges. Here's what I'll say. All right. I feel as though I have created what I've created in my life and will continue to create even more and more because of the way I was raised. Now, there's a lot of issues that I have with my father and mm. the way I was treated, but can't give him all the bad credit, not give him anything good either. So he taught me how to work. I think we have an opportunity as, as parents to truly impact the change of the future. And if every parent would um, lead their children in the right direction, then the, the instant gratification wouldn't be an issue right now. right? Mm-hmm. So I have to model good behavior for, our, for the three children, my wife and I both. I think that's the real key right? Um, you know, um, you know, here, here's the thing, you know, you have more times than now, especially in America that, you know, children, um, are, are growing up in, um, blended families now. Okay. Um, I have a blended family and, um, with that being said, a lot of times when, you know, you have your children back, um, you know, it's going to want to be that buddy, buddy. I don't want a parent type situation, but the, the, the real opportunity is to still teach those values, right? Because with families split up, I mean, it, there's, there's kids that are running around crazy, man. Yes. And doing whatever the hell they want. And that's not the case in our home. And um, so I think it's just, I think it's more of a parenting thing, man. Like I, if, if my, if my kids grow up to be, uh, you know, entitled and, Um. Expect everything now that I failed as 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 their father.
0: Yeah, and I I I was having a conversation with my daughter earlier, who's eleven, and they've got basketball tonight, and she's like, "Well, a lot of my friends now have stopped," and I'm like, "It's not happening." Mm -hmm. Like I'm asking for two days a week, one day week you do basketball, one day week you do swimming. Mm -hmm. Like that's for your exercise, your fitness, for your mindset, for learning. And when you're and when she's there, she loves it. And she always walks out, oh my God, I forget how much I love this. But that's our job as parents, right? It's not just to mm-hmm. give in and let them. We have the benefit of hindsight in our own lives. Oh my right? God. <laughs> we have the benefit of hindsight in our own lives. And then we get to the stage that we try not to pass that over to our own kids. Mm-hmm. And we all, we've all said that before, right? Oh, hindsight such a wonderful thing. But hindsight's there. I believe, to show us so we can pass the right lessons on to the next generation. Hindsight yeah. isn't there as a, 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 um, a teaser to, oh, look what you could have won. It's there so that we can see. Actually, I remember my dad making me go to judo and I didn't like it when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I got value from that I couldn't see because it was below the surface stuff, but my eyes couldn't see. And there was other stuff which he'd done terribly. And again, that hindsight gives me lessons again. And then there'll be more lessons and more lessons. And that's the whole thing that I, that I think we've got. What do you say to people now? So if, you, if you've got someone and you're going into a salesperson and you've got someone, do you ever get them where where they're on the ropes, they've been having a shocking few months, they're on their last legs? How do you get them out of it? Do you have any top tips for anyone out there that that's listening but maybe he's going for a bit of a tough time of it, or, or what they should be looking at or what they can be doing,
1: or, or some tips you've got, yeah, I think um, especially if that person is per- is it if this person's performed in the past, you know in a decent enough uh you know volume and performed well, I think it's super important that I look at like what worked before, like how are you feeling, how are you operating like and 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 what are you putting into your mind before you go on that sales call because a lot of times, man, here's the thing, people aren't preparing
0: no people 100%. the people
1: are people are under preparing for the sale they want all this money they want to be super successful they want to go on all these incentive trips for their corporate you know positions go to the bahamas be recognized and be like oh look at me look at this shiny award right and um but what they fail to do is take pride on the day to day process and they feel like it okay well you know i work for this company it's it's the 500 pound gorilla i should earn the sale anyway so that's the entitlement thing but i think the real the real question is is like hey what are you telling yourself You know, because, you know, you're going to think, you're going to think random thoughts, right? Mm. Thoughts are random thinking is not right. So we, we got to dive into what their thoughts are first and foremost. Second of all is like, what are you doing to prepare? Like, how confident are you? Like, and then you look at why were you hired in the first place? Yes. Who are you? Like, what, like, what are your, what are your abilities? Like, why you, why are you so special? Tell me why you're good. And then like, well, X, Y, and Z, I've done this over my life. I'm like, then why aren't you operating out of that mindset that's why you're not selling right so we're going to get them to shift back in and rewire their minds to a point where they are looking at their resume on a piece of paper and go dude that person's a badass yes hey hey dude that's you that's what you've done like oh really i'm like yeah let's recognize it like let's start to understand that's who you are again and and operate like that the other thing is man this is the most important thing david and you know this as a High-level salesperson yourself. Stop trying so damn hard. Let it go. Yes. Do the work beforehand. Communicate the solution to the 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 potential customer, and then shut up. Like, stop. Like, you know, stop. Like driving it home and ramming it down their throat. That's why you're not selling.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think a lot of people out there. They just have done it so many times that they just want it to be easier. But you're paid mm-hmm. the way you're paid for repeating the repeatable actions that are required yeah. because the other person doesn't care if you've done it a thousand times. They want to feel like you're the only guy, the only lady, the only however you identify on the planet that can help them deal with this as well. It's been great having you on today. And I tell people you. what you got going on. You had your book come out recently. Tell people about what you've yes. got going on, what they
1: can come and find. Congrats on the book. Thank you. So yeah, the book is out. It's called Unstoppable, The High Performance Mindset. Um, you know, you can put the the website. Um, they're gonna your, your guys are gonna get a free, free book that listen to the show. Nice. Just DM me at the Sean French on Instagram. Um DM me um sales angel. And let I let them know get, it came uh, from me. Yeah, so that way I know and what i'll do is i'll uh you know get them a copy now um what i've been doing for the the folks across the pond since it's such um it's not a very cost efficient way to send a book what i'll do is i'll give them an electronic copy then i'll also give them um access to my uh, daily blueprint and uh so that way they can is two training videos on these two documents i give them some extra value nice um you know the book is $9.95 Nine ninety five plus shipping and handling, but like I said, um, they just do that, do that, and then I'll give them some extra value within the, um, you know my my coaching site that they can go and kind of tool around with and get some extra tools in. Um, again, so they can find me on Instagram at the Sean French. I'm very active on that. Um, Twitter at, you know, the Sean M French and uh, TikTok. Man, I'm still trying to figure that thing out. Um, at the Sean TikTok French. TikTok hard work. Oh, it's again, crazy, man! It's you can't like, master dude, everything. No, you can't. I'm gonna do one at a time, right? One at a time, and uh, you know, when I'm a big dog like you, I'll have people help me with my other platforms. <laughs> but I'm just no, so yeah, just uh, the book's great. Um, I love it. Uh, for me, um, the the story behind that book is uh, there was a time in my sales career when I had so much performance anxiety that I couldn't get out of my truck. I was driving around for hours upon hours. In Southwest Florida, and I couldn't get out of my truck because I would be so anxious and worried about all the nos. And so, at one point, I literally sat in a uh, grocery store parking lot and broke down in tears, and it was embarrassing. I mean, people were coming up to me and like, "Hey, are you good?" Knocking on my window. I'm like, "No, oh, it's cool, man. I'm just in sales. Don't mind me. This is normal. <laughs> 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 it's just my life." And don't worry, you know, I just should, kind be, of, should be I a sticker
0: that people have on their cars. I was like, "What are you know, oh, worry, I must in be sales. in sales."
1: He's crying. It's a grown man crying in his truck. Um, you know, so, you know, this book, I, 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 I chronicle how I went from absolutely dead broke to making high six figures in six months um, using basic high performance habits and committing to that formula on a day-to-day basis, regardless of how I felt emotionally. And I give those tangible tools. Right. It. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's great, man. So it's, it's, it's doing well. It's, you know, People I'm almost out of books. I got to order more. Out.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, What I'll say to a lot of people, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, okay, I've heard about a lot of books, I'm doing all right. Most people out there are doing the majority of the things that they need. But think of it like a plane. If a plane needs to get to 150 mile an hour before it can take off, if you're doing 140, it's going to feel like that plane's ready to go. But eventually you'll run out of my runway, you'll crash. Mm -hmm. And books like Sean's, blueprints like Sean has, could be that one thing that puts you that one mile an hour, that 10 mile an hour over the edge that gets your business off the ground. So make sure you go going over to the Sean French. Um, if you can't find it, drop me a message, but it will also be in the show notes as well. Um, and Sean, thanks for coming on today, my man.
1: Dude, it was a great pleasure, man. I hope I hope this recording works out. But it it's sounded great to me, so I'm sure
0: <laughs> they'll absolutely love it.
1: Love it, man. Well, I appreciate the opportunity, man. Um, it's been... A pleasure being on your show and it's been an even bigger pleasure um, getting to know you and becoming a good friend so
0: i appreciate you Thanks, uh, guys man. thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of the sales masters podcast and i'll see you on the next episode
1: thank you
0: thank you thank you for tuning in today i'm so glad you popped by if you've liked this give it a share subscribe even give us a rate and review share it out to someone who knows and i look forward to seeing you on the next edition